listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, now joined by the venerable Brad Alice, coming from a new location, it appears, right there with a little Ludols and bobblehead over your left shoulder. Yeah, yeah, coming from my son's room, which used to be my dining room, which was also my home office. So the bookshelf is mine. The rest of the room is Tyler's. I'm hoping for a little of his greatness to rub off on me today. All right. Well, speaking of greatness, we got a lot to get through this show. We're going to talk about the U of A defense, a lot of good things. JDL, we're going to rank the Arizona's front court when it looks uh, around the Pac-12 and uh, nationally. But first, Brad, we're going to, we got a lot of JDL to get to for sure. But this was the first time in about five or six years that it felt like Arizona had a defense out there that did not feel fluky. Again, it wasn't the desert swarm, but from a size scheme and just talent perspective, it looked decent. And that's something that we haven't seen in a long time here. Despite playing with the short field, I want to say four times, if I'm not mistaken, twice uh, they started in Arizona territory. Uh, including after the long punt return, twice right around midfield. Um, Arizona gave up 24 points in regulation, despite committing five turnovers. Um, The defense basically gave up two long-ish drives, and that's the first one of each half. Then they made adjustments. They were good. They weren't great, but they were good. And it's been a long time since we could say that. They played good enough to win. Um, You know, I don't – they're one of their few missed tackles in overtime. I know that sucks. I think that was the biggest play from scrimmage also for – for Mississippi state. Um, they did everything they needed to do to win. Um, now I will say this. I thought Mississippi state had an awful game plan. Um, I thought she when they, mentioned that on the post game, it, it's weird that you would go away from the air raid. Not even that, but so they're running really well in the first half. And then they threw just enough to take that out of rhythm. And then when Arizona proved they could stop right. the run, they only average, they average like what less than it's like 3.9 a carry or something. Right. And of course, that includes a couple sacks. Um, Will Rogers is a good QB. I know Mississippi State fans seem to be torn on him. He's a good QB. He was 13 of 17. Um, you get, later in that game, when you're not moving the ball, you got to let that kid throw more. Um, right. Earlier in the game, I thought they let him throw too much, and not, not because of him, because they were running so effectively. And this is what you see college coaches at every level. Sometimes you just get away from what works. In some regards, the the coaches in the 70s who ran the same thing over and over and over had a little more uh, feel for things. But, um, yeah, so I thought Mississippi State was not great offensively, but I thought Arizona played really well. Um, I'm still a little baffled by a few things, especially the the reemergence of Gunnar Maldonado. We're going to – trust me, we're going to talk about Gunnar Maldonado. I thought Taylor played better. Um, again, I know they're claiming Irby wasn't hurt. My guess is he was probably at least dinged up or something happened there, even though his replacement Warnell did not play poorly either. Um, but it was really, this was a, a great showcase game for Justin flow. It's his type of game. When, when again, Mississippi State was essentially playing a 1980s offense with 17 passes and, uh, 50, right. some, whatever, 40 something runs, but flow was good. Jacob Manu was really good again. Uh, overall. Yeah. Talk about the D line here first. I want to get your take on, you promised you were going to watch big bill Norton up close and personal. What did you think of big bill Norton? Bill Norton played really well. And you're right. He is big. Now I'm a guy. I watch a ton of NFL, so he doesn't look abnormally huge, but that ain't Parker Zellers out there. That <laughs> ain't, that ain't, uh, that ain't a converted tight end out there. That's a big man. Um, right. played and he and the rest of the line played really well. Um, you know, they didn't let runners get outside them. Now they got pushed around in the first drive of the game. 
Maybe the first, first couple drive. drives, it felt it felt like it was going to be an issue. It really did because it, uh, Mississippi State's running backs weren't being touched until they were at the linebacker no. level. They were getting blown off the ball, and then whatever adjustments they made uh, worked great because they looked every bit the equal, if not the superior, of, of Mississippi State's offensive line from about the what second possession on. What was also impressive to me about this is that it didn't feel fluky in the past when Arizona has had a good defensive performance and they've been very few and far between. It always felt like, well, the other team, it was more of what the other team did. This was a lot different, Brad, and that Arizona, especially by midway through the first quarter and Brad Rich, we're going to get to you in just a second, but it felt like Arizona this is kind of who they are again it's early in the season i get it but this didn't feel fluky like things in the past have it wasn't a lot of penalties on mississippi state it wasn't drop snaps it wasn't drop balls it was again you could you could you could fault their play calling but overall arizona just played good defense right Uh, again was it great no is it doesn't we'll never see desert swarm again anywhere because the offense is it's too too different but this is a good defense i think and now it's going to get a lot harder. Um, as much as I like Will Rogers, he's the eighth best quarterback in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even lower than that, but the way some guys were emerging this weekend. Uh, the Pac-12 is probably the deepest conference in, in, in college football this feels year. feels weird to say that. Yeah, it does. Um, it's not top-heavy like the SEC. The SEC is pretty average, except for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing in the Big Ten. Same, th- and In fact, I don't know what the ACC is because Clemson's just not very good. Um, so yeah, the Pac-12 has, I think, anywhere from three to four elite teams and then a whole bunch, five to ten, that's that's pretty interesting. Right. Um, so the defense will be tested, but they also capable of keeping Arizona in games. Brad Rich, a man with two first names. Mike Luke, I called that one. Justin Flo. Brad, here's what happened. I told Brad and everybody else they needed to play Justin Flo uh more. And Brad Rich and everybody else said there's uh there's no way they should play J or uh, uh Justin Flo more. I said stay the course. Arizona stayed the course. Obviously, that's all wrong, it's all backwards. But Justin Flo, we got to talk about him. That was a uh that was a big time performance right there. And you saw some of the uh some of the um, the parts that made him such a big time, big time high school football recruit. Quite frankly, he's the highest rated player if you just go by high school rankings to ever come here. Yeah, I mean the problem is how much does he fit into the wide open passing game? Um, right. Mississippi State had a more conventional run game. Um, you know, I think Justin Flo could have a big game against Utah. Uh, he could have a big game against uh, a few other things, but how much can he see the field against USC? See, I think you, Brad. I think you got to play him, though. I think you got to play him. And maybe that's true. Um, unfortunately for the kid, if he was born 15 years ago, he's a top 15 pick. Uh, he's also not transferring to Arizona, but he's not. He's born a little bit too late, uh, and, and uh, not unlike running backs. Just not a good time to be a linebacker with your pro aspirations. But I I do think, though, that Justin Flo has to play more because he has an ability to impact a game positively and to a lesser extent negatively in a way that Daniel Haimuli doesn't. Again, it's not necessarily a shot at Daniel Haimuli. Solid player. But you notice when Justin Flo is out there you notice it pretty much every single snap and he ain't, he's not missing tackles. Like we're missed in overtime right there. I became a real believer in that game that you've got to get him out there for 70% of those snaps. At least 
I think what you got to do is you got to figure out how to utilize him. And that's probably rushing him to the passer more. Right. Um, yeah, he's not a great pass coverage guy. Okay. So find a way to use to, to his strength. Right. Um, which is his athleticism, which is uh, flow, flowing with the ball. Um, so, yeah. So if that means you're sending him on 10 blitzes a game. Okay. Um, and maybe what you do is you then drop a, a, a defensive end in the zone coverage. Right. Um, you know, that, that old Pittsburgh, uh, you know, with, with his, their, their old zone rush play. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you need to find more snaps for flow. But there's also going to be times where the matchups just are going to be difficult for him. But we'll see how good the coaching is to, to utilize it. Yeah, defensively, though, I, I got to say, and we're going to get to the offense here in a second, but defensively, I've got to say that uh, I was uh, I was skeptical coming into the year, but so far, so good. And you got to believe that Dwayne Aquino has had a real imprint on this. I, I refuse to believe that just watching this defense, that Dwayne Aquino and his uh, his tentacles aren't everywhere throughout that defense. I think there's no doubt Aquino and, and the other defensive back coach they brought in, the guy with the ties to Washington State, uh, I think he has helped as well. And it, obviously, it's just a talent infusion mixed with another year of Johnny Nansen getting experience under his belt. So I think those four things all together has made Arizona having a better uh, defense. All right. Now we got to talk. We're talking defense. We got to talk about Gunnar Maldonado. Um, Gunnar Maldonado was suspended for the first half, obviously. And then in the second half, Gunnar Maldonado comes in and immediately Mississippi State starts going after him. There's always players. There's always um, somebody that a coach holds near and dear that nobody else can quite understand why they're out there. Gutter Maldonado, I think, is that guy for Jed Fish right there. Yes, I know that he can hit, but he can't cover it all, and teams go after him immediately. My only thought is he must be really good in meetings. He must really quickly grasp things. Um, yeah, but I can do that. You can do that. Yeah, that, and but th I'm telling you, what that's the only thing I can think of because the other guys appear to be more talented than him. Right. Um, and again, he make he he whether it's uh you know and i know he was in on the the play that they scored on uh he had the bad penalty against nau um i would completely go towards taylor um i who think we you gotta go taylor genesis smith start just taking your lumps because at this point too brad gunner maldonado's in his fourth year of college we know what gunner maldonado is at this point he's not going to get any better and he's always going to be a liability in pass coverage you've got to be able to get some of those younger guys out there in my opinion because this dude's ceiling has already been hit and it's not good enough no, you know, and maybe maybe the alternative is to go with the third corner with more of a, a slot corner than than him at the I don't know, because, um, I, again, I like the Irby Warnell grouping. I like Taylor. Um, I'm not sure who else was getting reps the other night, but they were better with Maldonado not on the field. Yes. Um. All right. Now we got to talk a little bit about Jacob Manu right here, the tackle machine. Now, one thing I will say is that Jacob Manu, you can clearly tell that physically he's a, he's definitely a step slow. Instinctually, he is fantastic. He's definitely a little bit of a step slow, though, when it comes to the, uh, you know, just looking about SEC athletes. Um, where are we at with Jacob Manu right now? I mean, I, I, I have him as a good linebacker, but I'm also starting to wonder that he probably doesn't have that Marcus Bell type next level to where you're good but you're you're a difference maker if that makes any sense you want to go is Marcus he a, Bell? is he a, i was gonna say is he a poor man's marcus bell is he a poor man's scooby 
Mm-hmm. Um, Scooby, well, not good, not good enough for the NFL, but, but Scooby good was, enough Scooby to be USFL that. defensive player of the year. Right. Uh, Jacob Bond is good for 12 tackles, but I don't know how many of them are difference making tackles. Right. Um, can you get that big play? Uh, and I just don't know, but right now again, and, and tackle stats are a little misleading because again, if your safety's leading you in tackles, you're in trouble. But if your linebackers are, sometimes that's a good thing. But he and Flo, what they combine for 24 tackles? Um, I think right now, yeah, Manu's Manu looks like he's just a really good college linebacker. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, especially in this defense, which, again, is going to keep you in games, not win you games. Right. Often. By the, well, we'll get to that in a second. By the way, Brad Alice, you're always all over the city. When was the last time you went to Circle K? Be honest, my friend. Within the last 72 hours. It was sometime over the weekend. That's what we like to hear right now. Now, you can join Inner Circle. Get it? Circle K? Inner Circle? For free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details right there. All kinds of good stuff and game time. All right. Now, maybe you're like William Brad Allison. You like going to concerts. You like going to uh, games. And you're like Brad and you're not always punctual. Game Time has it there for you. You want to go to a Metallica concert? They've got it. Check it out. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball right here a little bit. Um, all right. Brad Rich says, all right. Difference-making tackles to me are the tackles that are up near the line of scrimmage that are not that you're just bringing somebody down seven yards uh, beyond or seven yards downfield where the defense can all, you know, it's already second and three at that point. Is that fair, Brad Ellis? Yeah, there was a play, and I can't remember which half it was. Basically, Manu met the running back in the backfield mm-hmm. and bounced off. Right. And the guy ended up with a seven, eight-yard gain. The, if he brings him down there, or if, even if he slows him up enough for, for a guy like Flo. So, yeah, if you're getting all your tackles five to seven yards downfield, it's still important and still good, but it's – it's and I'd love to see, like, a quality tackle stat. You know, two or three yards downfield. Same thing is Bill Norton cannot have a tackle the whole game and still be an impact player because right. of controlling his gap. Big Bill Norton. Big Bill Norton controlling his gap, funneling players to the linebackers. Um, so, yeah, so, again – 12 tackles is 12 tackles. Don't get me wrong. But how many of those are seven yards downfield as opposed to within two yards of the, the line of scrimmage? Yeah. All right. Now, moving over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, I'm I'm at the point with JDL where it's this. Um, he is capable of really, really high highs. We've seen that. We're all, he's also capable of really, really low lows. Um, I think, listen, I understand going with him. Totally get it. But I do believe that your upside ultimately is somewhat limited with JDL because we're in a fourth year in your program at this point, and he's still doing this or fourth year in college, and he's still making throws that you don't make in Pop Warner. I, I I'm going to disagree with, and we may be playing semantics. I think the upside is there with JDL, and that's the only reason they're still going with him. No doubt, he's a high, no, he's a high, he is a high risk, high reward player. Um, Arizona had a chance to win that game because of Jaden Delora. Arizona lost that game because of Jaden Delora. I'm not sure Noah Fafita has those lows, but I'm not sure Noah Fafita can bring Arizona back either. Um, it, 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 
Jaden Delore is what he is. And I, my podcast, which will be up this afternoon, I, I do 20 minutes on this. He's a gunslinger. Um, there's three types of good quarterbacks. There's the gunslingers. There's the complete control guys, the Brady's, mm-hmm. the Montana's. And then there's the freaks of nature, uh, right. the Mahomes, the Peyton Manning's, who, who have a little bit of that. He, I mean, he is in the mold. I'm not saying he's nearly as good, obviously, of Favre, of Elway, where he's going to try to force the balls. And I think if you look at his interceptions, two were awful. Two were that first one. Um, I see what he saw when they show the replay. The tight end was settled in the zone. He just missed the safety. He misjudged the depth of the safety. Um, five guys in the NFL made that same play this weekend. Uh, the one to T-Mac in the fourth quarter, yes, he forced it in there. Yes, he probably should have run. It was pass interference. Um, what about the play, though, where he snuck it, though? Because I know it worked out, but that was an awful play right there. I still don't know how much of that. I don't know if Fish mentioned it. Yeah, it would have been it would have been disaster if he didn't make it. Um, so I ride him till his mistakes are so bad you lose by 21, kind of like the Washington game last year. Right, and then it's time to turn it over. But as long as he his mistakes and his his highs are almost counteracting his mistakes, I I because I'm just I don't know what Fafita has yet, um, and I think the coaches don't know. Maybe they do know, and it's really hard for me to be convinced that Braden Dorman's the guy in year one. Um, At what point though? Let me ask you this though, because I I I bounce this back and forth a lot, and I don't really know. Um, at what point, though, do you have to be able to hold the player accountable to a certain degree? I mean, like you said, Arizona almost won the game because of Jaden Delora, but Arizona lost that game because of Jaden Delora's mistake. It's when they get blown out because of Jaden Delora that I pull the plug. I and mean, that's what it is. Right. I write them till 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 the mistakes are just too great. Okay. Um, and now, so that won't be UTEP if he lo- somehow loses the Stanford game for you because, and again, I, I, I judge blowout based upon your team. A 10-point loss to Stanford is a blowout to Stanford. A 21-point right. loss to, or a 28-point loss to USC because of his mistakes. There's, so there's different it, – it's a weighted scale. And so if his three picks against Stanford cost Arizona a game against a mediocre to bad football team, then that's when you bench him. I'm, where and, I'm frustrated, though, with him is that – and again, he's still a good quarterback. I mean, we've seen bad quarterbacks here at the U of A. We've seen a lot of bad quarterbacks. Jane Delora does not fit into that category at all. But he had they have enough talent around him now, whether it's on the offensive line, whether it's in the backfield at the receivers. We're going to get into playing a few more guys uh, here in a second. But he doesn't need to try to do all this stuff on the uh, on his own because the talent is there across the board. This isn't two years ago. That's where it's almost like, dude, just just chill out just a little bit here. He has to know when, and he does it well sometimes, um, when to dump it down to Wiley, when to throw it away, when to take off and run. Um, I, again, I think the pick, and I want to say it's the, the fourth one, the one to T-Mac, he probably can run for 10 yards, pick up the first, um, instead of forcing it in there. Right. Um, you know, that pass out onto the flats that was picked off by the corner 10 feet in front of the receiver. Just an awful throw, awful read. And I um, think you could make the case, too, that the cowing fumble was on him, too, because that was a, that was a difficult throw that he made right there to a guy that was about to get blasted by the linebacker. And maybe a poorly designed play, because I don't know how many guys were blo- up front blocking for cowing. Right. Um, and, and again, that was just a vicious hit. So 
Um, and to me, that was that's and, and unfortunately, that's the worst turnover of the game because if Arizona scores there, it's what 14 7, right? And who knows where that game's going? And again, it, Arizona's not a chance to win, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's maddening because but this is who Delora is. Um, because if he was going to fix these problems, he would have fixed it over the summer and we would have a different guy. This is two games in a row. He's had some maddening turnovers. Let's talk about the old line here. Jed fish said before the year, he said, you know, I, I know it's not used to being a strength of the team around here, but it's going to be a strength. There's a ton of talent and granted Raymond Polito wasn't even playing, but big Jonas Savanea, Jordan Morgan. Those are what first round draft. Those are what first round offensive linemen look like, Brad. Yeah, you know, it, it, and they weren't necessarily first-row draft picks, but it reminds me of some of those Tomy lines. I was, in fact, watching the 30 for 30 on the uh, Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl team, and there's Edwin Mulatalo there. Yeah. Um, so there's some talent there, definitely. And they're a little bit playing out of position. Um, they couldn't establish the run today or right. that or then Saturday, uh, but their pass protection was pretty good. You know, let's talk about the run here for a second. I, the, um, that's a great point. I am of the belief – Michael Wiley is very, very good. Not saying take him out of the game at all, but they also, I thought it was noticeable and granted he only got two carries or whatever, but speedy Luke has a burst. Their fam has a burst in the backfield that these other guys don't have. Um, Michael Wiley, very good. Again, don't, not saying take him out or anything, but he is far more deliberate when he hit that hole. The second that uh, Speedy went in there and he made that 11-yard run or whatever the case may be, I don't know that any of the other running backs can make that move right there. They can make that play. I just don't know how many times you can run Speedy Luke off tackle. Um, I think you got to gimmick him still. He's still small and he's still fumbling. Uh, he hasn't fumbled in the game yet, but um, – at the end of the day, you just need to be able to establish the run with that line. Again, they weren't awful, but they were under four yards of carry. Right. And to me, it would be a steady diet of Wiley, Coleman, Williams, and then find ways to. to so you use... disagree with me. You don't want to see more fam. You're not part of the free no, fam movement. I, no, I don't like how they're using them. Right. Um, I'm not. I'm, I want to line them up in the slot. I want to jet sweep them. I want to bubble screen them. Right. I want to. Uh, misdirection where the, you know you you fake the dive or the fake the read option and you do the little pitch. I want him out on the perimeter. Um, I want him running wheel routes where he's matched up with a linebacker and he gets behind the linebacker, and then you're dropping that dime in on him. Um, you know, kind of like they used to do with JJ Taylor or some of those I guys. That's what I want to see. I guess when it comes down to it, and we're going to talk about the receivers here in a second, Mr. Jones. But um, I think when it just comes down to it, I think he's too talented not to utilize, to not have some role right there. He needs his own package like Deshaun Jackson had, like De'Anthony uh, Thomas. Thomas had, like the the smaller of the brothers at uh Oregon State had. Um Frankly, like they kind of used to do with some of the smaller, well, you know, I mean, how many times they find a way to get Samaji Grant or Bug Wright or any of those guys in space? Um, you know, Mike Thomas in space. I mean, Mike Thomas was a receiver, obviously not a running back and some of those other guys. But, yeah, there's some other things you could. And maybe you're 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 saving that you're you're you know, you're you're holding on to some things. Uh, maybe you just don't trust JDL to get him the ball on a bubble screen with the linebacker bearing down. I don't know. But. Yeah, I think he needs more touches. I just don't necessarily know, know if he needs more carries against an SEC front seven. That's fair. That's fair. But I do. I would like to see Fam get some carries and some real touches against Stanford and against uh, UTEP. I think this is a this is a fair compromise, William. 
I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. All right. Now, well, the five of a kind media, did JDL make any dump off throw or any throws or dump offs to the running backs in this game? He had a couple to Wiley. Um, Wiley but- had not eight, nine targets, eight catches. Coleman had three catches. Um, so by the way, yeah. Coleman, Coleman has definitely uh, gotten a next level burst to him that he didn't have last year. Um, there again, he's always going to be short and squat, but he definitely has a next level burst that he didn't have last year. William, he transformed his body a little bit. He's still a big, strong kid, but I think he came in. I think he, if anything, he spent too much time in the weight room and maybe not enough time doing Is there uh, Larry Croom to him. Uh, I, I vaguely, I mean, I remember, remember Larry Kroom. I can't, Larry I can't Kroom. remember how he was built though, to be honest. NFL Larry Kroom. Come on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there, who was the other running back Arizona at blunt? I mean, he was a big, strong, physical kid. I, I don't, yeah, but he wasn't I don't, any good though. I don't remember how Kroom was built. Uh, All right. to my recollection, Kroom was a, was more of a speedy guy than a, than a power back. Another thing I'd like to see, and again, we're nitpicking here because Jed Fish has done an amazing job here. I think the transformation is a, is obvious for everybody to see. I would also like to see um, a few more of the receivers rotated in. Listen, I get not playing t- or taking T Mac out of the game. He's too good. Um, I know that uh, cowing, you know, the numbers he has, T Mac's the best wide receiver on the team. But other than that, I don't, I, with guys like Kevin Green, AJ Jones, I'd like to see them get some run out there because, again, Jacob cowing is a, I mean, we talk about Speedy being small. Jacob cowing's a little dude out there. Um, Montana's solid, but I don't know that he's a player you can't take off the field. I'd like to see them use a little bit more depth out there. They targeted wide receivers 27 times in that game. Mm-hmm. Three receivers, 27 times. Yeah, I'm 12 saying, e- man. 12 each to T-Mac and uh, Cowing, just three for um, for uh, Lamonius Craig. Um, yeah, I think you got to utilize other guys. Um, I do like the fact, you know, I mean, they're throwing a lot to running backs. Again, they targeted three different running backs, uh, two different tight ends. Um, but, yeah, I would not mind seeing uh, spreading the wealth. And, and, and you, while you don't have to run spread – Let's go four wides and 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 see if you can it can 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 move things around a little bit. By the way, our guy Tanner McLaughlin back on the scene right there. Tanner McLaughlin needs to be JDL's best friend, in my opinion. When in doubt, look for where Tanner is. He's generally open, but just don't make the uh, just don't make the throw you don't need to make. Yeah, that was that first throw. I think he thought he had the safety in the middle, and then. Like you said, he misjudged the depth. I'm fine with that. The depth. Yeah. Uh, right now, his safety blanket's Wiley. It's, right. it's, that's apparent. Or whoever's leaking out of the backfield. Right. Again, I think Wiley and, and Coleman combined for nine targets. Um, that's a, that's a, quite a bit to your running backs. And obviously, there's a little bit of NFL in that. So We got to give, by the way, Martel Irby, I have been remiss in not bringing him up. It sounds like he's going to be all right, but uh, hasn't been confirmed yet. But Martel Irby acting like it's not an injury, which I think is weird because it sure looked like he went out injured. It looked like he went out injured. Yes. Um, But Martel Martel Irby has been a godsend for this defense. I mean, some dudes just kind of get it. You can tell they understand football. Martel Irby is one of those guys. He's got a little bit of that Tremaine Bonder on in him that he just seems to kind of be around the ball. Yeah, he's a ball hawk safety, Um, you know, fits in well with some. And again, I think I think. I think Warnell has been a kind of a lesser version. He's still been pretty good. He, he, he was, he was certainly serviceable in replacing Irby. Irby was a little bit, Irby makes more plays, but Warnell is considering the safety play we've seen the last few seasons. Warnell is solid too. 
Um, again, I like what we've seen mostly from Taylor. Um, it's just that other guy I'm not real fond of. Uh, Isaiah Taylor, uh, Gunner, our Gunner Maldonado. Great um, name, iffy player. Uh, yeah, it's a great name, but again, an iffy, an, a very iffy player out there. But again, Tanner McLaughlin, another guy that I think you need to get in there. But overall, though, oh, by the way, we got to give a, a shout out to Tyler Loop. Um, that was awesome seeing it. Generally, I don't trust college kickers, um, especially Arizona kickers of the last 10 to 12 years. Tyler Loop went in there. He wanted that one. And not only did he want that one, he embraced the moment right there. I tip my cap. I salute Tyler Loop. Yeah, it's been a while since Arizona's had a game-winning potential kick and been much longer since they've won one. Mm -hmm. um, Tyler Loop might have made himself a little bit of cash on that kick. Right. Because so, he, sure. he, he didn't just make it. He, he crushed it. Right. And, and oh, let's see here. Um, Eric Zimmerman, that tackle at the goal line by Irby was amazing. An angle that he took plus forcing the fumble. Totally agree. The dude has an ability to just kind of see the football, to kind of hover towards the football there, William. And let's not forget, uh, Priceop deserves a lot of credit. He basically read the play and blew up his blocker to force the guy inside, and Irby was just waiting. Yeah, so that was a really nice play by the defensive backfield. Again, Dwayne Aquina. I'm going to give him some credit there. One thing I think it's also fair to say that uh, Ephesians Prysock, and we've talked about it a little bit, he's an NFL cornerback. I don't know at what level of an NFL cornerback he is. Maybe he's a maybe he's a high pick. Maybe he's a mid-round pick. I don't know. But he very much looks the part of what an NFL cornerback is supposed to look like. Yeah, or I could see him being a guy who plays corner in college and winds up as a safety in the NFL. Um, with his size, he has some versatility. But yeah, he... Um, as long as his speed is legit, and I don't know what he's what he's clocked at, he looks like an NFL type type player. But All right, six, now four six three six four. Yeah, yeah. There's a premium on that in the next level. He's got the Brad Alice Mike Luke height to him right there. All if I put you on my shoulders, yeah. Well, I am taller than Brad, so I'll take that. But bet MGM right here. Bet ten, get two hundred dollars right here. We've been telling you Vegas is a little bit behind the scene when it comes to uh, University of Arizona football right here. Jacob Franklin, get the bet MGM thing up. There you go. Um, sign up for bet MGM right now. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first bet MGM sportsbook wager through bet MGM sportsbook mobile application of at least ten dollars. You'll receive two hundred dollars instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome check out the show notes for details again i will say that you need to get on this bet mgm stuff right here this is the time right here bet against brad's chiefs actually it's probably not good to bet against them but hop in there now let's hear shane diefenbach with the disclaimer problem call 1-800-GAMBLER colorado dc illinois indiana kansas louisiana maryland mississippi new jersey nevada ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia wyoming call 8778 hope and y or text hope and y 467-369 new york call 1-800-327-5050 massachusetts 21 plus to wager please gamble responsibly call 1-800-NEXT-STEP arizona 1-800-BETS-OFF iowa 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help michigan 1-800-981-0023 puerto rico in partnership with kansas crossing casino and hotel visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions u.s promotional offers not available in dc new york or ontario all right all right, we got to give T Mac. We got to talk T Mac here a little bit. Um, by the way, I saw T Mac at Panda Express last night. By the way, hanging out with all the volleyball with the volleyball players. He T Mac's doing all right for himself. He deserves that. Um, well, I, I have not seen this edition of the Arizona Wildcat uh, volleyball team, but I can only guess based on past editions that that's a good hang. He's no, he's hanging out with the right crowd. T Mac knows what he's doing. He's also very tall. Um, 
we haven't had a wide receiver like T-Mac here since, I mean, like that somebody that was just clearly next level. I mean, you from a physical perspective, Jerron Kreiner, but he's better than Jerron Kreiner. Um, since probably Mike Thomas, Bobby Wade, Dennis Northcutt, he belongs in that kind of group. He's that good. I'm not sure Arizona's ever had a receiver like him. I who agree. Combines raw freak athleticism with pass catching. Mike Thomas was great. At one point, the Pac-12 leading receiver of all time. Um, he was 5'10. Right. Um, Dennis Northcutt. In my opinion, round. the best receiver in school history. What se- first pick of the second round? Played 10 years in the NFL. Six foot. At most. Um, when Arizona has had bigger receivers, they've been slow guys. They've been uh, Troy Dickey. Um, you know, you mentioned Kreiner. Um, a Dice few other man. Guys. Yeah. Uh, possession guys. This is an NFL receiver, more than likely. And he's, again, Cowing might play in the league. Cowing's a slot receiver. Right. Cowing's undersized. T-Mac is T-Mac's um, different. He looks like he looks like all those Ohio State and USC guys who keep getting drafted in the first round. He does. And and he looks like he could be a first round pick. I think that's what's so uh, intriguing it's, about it. It might come down to his speed, but he's a he's a at worst a second day guy. Yeah. And he's and he's he, people don't realize until you get next to him, he's every bit of 220 pounds. He's going to go in there and he's going to be six, four and a half, 220 at the combine, whatever the case may be. Like you said, if he can run in the high four fours or low four fives, he's in a good spot. Yeah. I mean, he's, I don't know how tall Garrett Wilson is. I think he's six, two, six, three. Um, again, let's play the drinking game. The Chiefs, uh, uh, have Justin Ross on their roster, the old, uh, standout from Clemson, who, of course, had the, uh, back and, and foot problems, but he's a six four guy. You throw it up to him in the corner of the end zone. How about a Mike Williams from Clemson? Yeah. Um, again, I mentioned Ohio State and USC receivers. Those those Clemson receivers are all the same guys. Right. Um, and that's why it seems like every team has at least one guy from those three schools. Rich Carrillo. Rich Carrillo, my friend right here. Brad, does Delora miss uh, Dorian Singer's presence? I think it's fair to say, I think it's fair to say, now listen, I mean, and I'm going to let, uh, let Brad, it's Brad's question, but Dorian Singer's better than Montana Lamonius Craig. That's not a insult, but Dorian Singer's a better football player. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we'll see, we'll learn more. I mean, if Arizona continues to score points and again, how many points would Arizona have scored if, if he, they don't turn the ball over five times, right? Let's say they convert on two of them and we're suddenly talking about, what is that? 38 points. Um, in we're not complaining about the offense. Um, right. so yeah, are some of the reasons he's throwing picks because of cowing, maybe, uh, or singer, excuse me. Um, but again, to me, the bigger issue is not that's the fact that he's targeting his top two receivers 24 times and only one other receiver three times. Yeah, wh- let me see these other guys. Let, let's let's move that let's ball around here a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's what you I think that's what you need. Um that's just gonna make T Mac more effective. Oh, five of a kind media. I know where you're going with this. Hey, Mike and Brad, did you see any highlights from Bash's win over Saworo? Uh I've seen Demond Williams in person twice. He is uh he's great. All I'm gonna say, and I I could easily see him being a multi-year starter here at the U of A and being very good. I would be incredibly surprised, though, if Noah Fafita, whenever that time comes, does not get that first uh, crack at that quarterback position. And quite frankly, I think he's earned that right. 
I mean, Arizona's uh, assuming everyone stays, Arizona's going to have some tough decisions to make over the next few years because they have, whenever Delora leaves, they have three talented quarterbacks. Right. At least on paper. I mean, I haven't seen Dorman throw more than twice. Most people expect JDL, I don't know in what capacity, probably moves on after this year. Take for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he will try his hand at the NFL. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's not an NFL player. No. He might might rip it up in Canada, though. He could grad transfer and go somewhere as well, too. I mean, maybe it's something where both sides are just kind of ready for a new start. Kind of a Kirk type situation, perhaps. Wouldn't shock me. Right. But uh, overall, DeMond Williams, very, very good. Very, all right. Now, switching over. We got to talk a little bit of Arizona basketball here. Now, this is a little bit different this year. I, I do believe this is going to be Tommy Lloyd's best team. If we could pull up that roster there, Jacob Franklin, just for a little refresher right here. Um, but I do believe this is going to be Tommy Lloyd's best team. And a big reason why is because of the big men that they have um, going into this year. You've already got, obviously, Umar Ballo, leader of men. But um, he, he looked a little out of shape. I think Keyshaw Johnson is actually going to be a more impactful player on both ends of the court than Tabellis. I get how good Tabellis was, but I think Keyshaw Johnson is more of what Arizona needs. And then on top of that, Crevis, Crevis is a mountain of a man, and he showed that against. Uh, he showed that overseas. This is going to be an interesting front court right here, Brad. I mean, you you've got the the hardest thing I think for for Tommy's going to be figure out the minutes because I think you got six relatively legit guys to, to right. plug in there. Um, you know, it's Ballo and Johnson are starting, and I think Crevis is penciled in as the, the first big off the bench. No doubt. No doubt. But then you have uh, uh, Polly M. Um, you've got, uh, assuming Vasar. I mean, I don't know. Wh- here's, I don't where know what- with the, here's where I'm at with the bigs. I believe that Keyshaw Johnson is going to play 30 minutes per game. I think he's the one dude that isn't really coming out at all. Um you know, outside of a few minutes here or there. Umar Ballo, I believe, is probably going to play about 25 minutes per game. I'm very disappointed in Umar Ballo getting that out of shape, but he's still a good uh, player. I think Crevis is going to eat into a lot of Umar Ballo's minutes right there, Brad, um, especially, too, because Umar Ballo obviously wasn't training very hard this offseason. Yeah, I mean, if you got, let's say you have 80 minutes for the two bigs, you got 55 eaten up already, and then whatever Crevis steals out of that. I think the only thing you have to look at is, A, does Johnson ever slide over to the three? And I don't think he does. Um, does Polly M slide over to the three? Right. Uh, I, I, I don't. How often do they go small uh, mm. with 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 Pella as the as the four, basically? So it's going to be interesting. And to me, a lot of it's going to be incumbent on. OK, we did. We're, we weren't impressed with Vesar on the on the Middle Eastern trip, but he's coming off an injury. Um, where he had that that ankle injury at the those international tournaments. So where is he at? Right. Um, because again, I as much as we like the kid, it just doesn't appear like Dylan Anderson's ready. I don't like it. Um, so do we have a three and a half man big man rotation? Are we a three man? Are we a five? I I don't know. Um here, but I think again, I think the top three is solid. Anything other than that, uh I I think uh I think there's questions. And I will say this, Jesse, if if we get last year's Umar Balo, yes. Umar Balo, this isn't the pro game. You can have a dominant old school big man and, and get to the finals. But he has to be in shape. 
he's got to be in shape. And I'm also, I think a lot of this is incumbent too on how good Crevis is. Because again, he's looked the part. Um, and not only did he look the part, he's massive. I mean, he dwarfs Umar Ballo, leader of men, and not many people dwarf Umar Ballo right there. So I think a lot of it is going to depend on how good Crevis is. And plus, Crevis looks like he's got a little bit of a shot in his repertoire. Again, not it's not like he's ever going to be mistaken for uh, Dirk Nowitzki, but I do think that he's got. Uh, I do think that he's got a little bit more flexibility than maybe Umar Ballo does with the push shot. Yeah, and I think his ability to to rim protect uh, with the shot with the shot blocking is also again. I could see him stealing a lot of minutes. Um, right. Again, I was a big fan of him after watching that first tape. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to be. I'm hoping I'm going to be right on that one. Right. All right. By the way, oh yeah, and you. I think you are going to be right. He's got to be in shape in 65. Yes, absolutely, Jesse Johnson. Great point, Robbie Don. Um, all, what is your go-to order at Del Taco? Burger every time? Always the burger, sometimes the chili cheese fries. I don't get any of the Mexican food at Del Taco. All I get is the cheeseburger and the chili cheese fries. Brad, you have not tried the cheeseburger yet. No, Tyler likes it. Uh, I always get the chicken burrito, no beans. Wait a second. The great Tyler Alice has tried the uh, – has. Yeah. Tried- yeah, Tyler's a burger guy. Ty- burger and orange chicken. That's all he wants. All right. Well, you know um, what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No. So when we uh, when we were uh, driving back from uh, California this year, he got the uh, I think the bacon cheeseburger from there and and and, and liked it. You're, uh, you're te- I, don't know if, I don't know if he loved it, but he liked it. You're you're teaching him well. Also, oh, I said my friend likes it. He's like, is it any good? I'm like, my friend likes it. Just telling He's you, like, man. Which friend? I'm like the podcast guy. He's like, okay. Telling you. All right. By the way, OGs. Check out our friends at OG's Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OG's Brands and online at ogsbrands.com to find them at a local dispensary near you. Must be 21 plus to en- and enjoy responsibly. They got all kinds of stuff. The fruits, the red apple, the watermelon, the peach, you name it, they got it. All right. We, uh, let's see. Five of Kind Media says uh, visitors. Emmanuel Stephen uh, is expected to be there for the Red Blue game. I would mention. I would mention. I would imagine that uh, Jamari Phillips would be there as well. Uh, Stephen, though, is the one guy that's not committed that I'm um, fairly certain is going to be there. Four star uh, kid that runs on the same. Four star big man that runs on the same team as Bryant and Phillips. I would assume some of those Phoenix guys will come down as well. For sure. For sure. Oh, Zona Tucson. We taking care of business. Yes, I believe I believe Arizona is going to roll these next two games. I think that they're going to uh, beat UTEP. UTEP, though, is a little bit better than uh, some people think. And I think Arizona is going to blast Stanford, even though it's on the road. UTEP has a really good receiver. They got a decent running back in line. Uh, but I watched them play Rich Rod and Jacksonville State. And they're, they're, they're not good. Arizona should win this game. Yes. By the way, how did that happen? How did you? I had a buddy that told me that the Del Taco cheeseburger is very good, the Double Del, and I tried it and it was fantastic, especially for the price. You got to consider the price here, William. Well, you see, you're just a you're a big fast food guy. I'm not. I'm not a huge fast food guy. Brad, why well, are you not a fast food guy? One, I'm already fat. I just I don't really like fast food that much, to be honest. All right, all right, all right. Well, we're gonna keep trying. I brought it in to show Brian Jeffries and Lamont love it. They both liked it, so I will. Brad, you froze. 
All right. Well, until Brad unfreezes, going to preview a little bit of what we got going on uh, Thursday. We have two very special guests, two very, very special guests, um, i.e. maybe uh, two uh, players that have not spoken to the media, but I think all of you would m very much like to see right there. I'm really looking forward again. This is some, uh, again, you will not want to miss this. We will be putting an announcement out tomorrow about this. Um but it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a lot of fun though. And uh, Friday we have a special guest as well. Thursday and Friday though, big time stuff coming on right here. And like I said, we're going to have two guests on at the same time on Thursday, which you guys are all going to want to see. But as always, really really appreciate all of you out there. You are all fantastic. You're the ones that make this show go. Certainly not me. But again, um, for Jacob Franklin, Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. We will be back with you on uh, Thursday again with two big time guests that you're going to want to see here. We'll start teasing it on Twitter here shortly. But for Brad Alice, Jacob Franklin, the Del Taco cheeseburger crowd, we'll talk with you tomorrow. Or you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.